Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Pod Blast with me, Tony Mack, and Ben Aiken from Narrow in the Field. Welcome along, Ben, and everyone, and thanks for the uh, lovely comments uh, during the week. We are off to glorious Goodwood this weekend, taking in three of the races shown live on ITV on the final day of the 2023 festival, starting with the Coral Summer Handicap, moving on to the Lily Langtree Stakes and rounding things off uh, out with a big one, the Stewards Cup, the Six Furlong Blast. So let's get things started with coverage of the Coral Summer Handicap, due off at 2.25 on Sunday, uh, Saturday at Goodwood. Ben, can you start us off with that one? Welcome along, mate. Oh, Tony. Yep. So, a handicap. It's uh, contest over one mile six. A couple of trends from the last 10 renewals of the race. The last 10 winners were all aged four, five, or six. And had previously won a race at least at class two level. So, I'll be looking at a short list of something along the lines of Sweet William, HMS President, and Mr. Curiosity that also maybe bring post impressionist into the uh, the equation. Sweet William, uh, I was the one I put up on the pod when he won the last race in Newbury, and I said at the time, if the Ebor was to be a serious plan, they definitely need to be winning the Newbury race, and then also probably get another win into him. So he'd get a penalty, move him up the weights enough to guarantee himself a place in the Ebor. The first part of that was achieved, obviously, when he won comfortably at Newbury. Now, a win here, that would put him on the cusp of being guaranteed a run in the Ebor with a four-pound penalty. I think he'd most likely sneak in right at the bottom of the weights, I'd say, with, with a four-pound penalty for winning here. So I think we've got to assume Sweet William will be buying ready for this. And interestingly, the Gosdens won this race last year with Trollerman. He then went on to run and win the Ebor carrying a four-pound penalty. So they know what it takes to get one ready for this race and then ready again for the Ebor off the back of this race. So I definitely see the appeal with Sweet William for this race. Uh, he also has uh, the added bonus of See the Stars offspring um, holding a run record, a strong record, over Goodwood trips of one mile, three to two mile, especially see the stars offspring that come in off the back of a top four finish last time out. Those types of a 36% win strike rate and a 60% win and play strike rate, so positives for Sweet William. Uh, still very much unexposed, and he does look the most likeliest winner of this to me. Tight enough at the head of the market, but I think he deserves to be Sweet William, to be honest. Um, of the others, I think you have to say HMS President. He's nothing if not interesting. Yeah, he used to be a bit of a, a tricky sod, shall we say, but the move to Alan King seems to have uh, seems to have sweetened him up no end, and he's he's banged in three career best efforts on his three starts for Alan King. And I think he could well make his presence felt here. He's he's another that also has the Ebor on his agenda as well, HMS President. But I think Sweet William might take all the beating. Tony, um, what have you got for the this, the Coral Summer Handicap? I'm with you on the HMS president, very much so, very much in his corner. Um, uh, the uh, the six-year-old can go well here. Uh, I also point listeners in the direction of my others on the shortlist, adjuvant, uh, omniscient and post-impression, uh, post-impressionist as well. I have gone for one that just fails the... 
uh, the, um, the the trends on just one. He's a nine-year-old. Uh, Torcello, I think he's worth an each way uh, chance here. Ten winning place positions from 17 on good ground, uh, soft ground rather. Uh, six wins and places in this class. He's a winner at Goodwood, is Torcello. And also uh, five... Uh, uh, five pound higher than last winning mark, so still in decent form. Uh, and uh, despite no victories yet this season, uh, the nine-year-old son of uh, Born to See Torcello, I think he can go well at a, a, a big price for trainer Sean Lysett and uh, Joe Fanning. Interesting bookie there, booking there. Uh, did finish uh, beating a neck behind. Uh, HMS president in a uh, handicap, uh, heritage handicap in May on soft ground uh, at Newmarket over one mile six furlongs as well. So, and Joe Fanning was in the saddle that day as well, and he finished second, beating a neck against 15 rivals uh, at 14 to 1. Torcello's currently around uh, 33 to 1, touching with the, in some places. So, despite his age, he's not getting any younger, but uh, I think uh, he can. Uh, Go well at a big price. HMS President, though, however, uh, is a good shout uh, for me uh, from you, Ben. Um, a winner at this venue as well as over a similar trip. Um, in good form. Uh, not out of the first two uh, this year so far, including a win in a one mile six furlong handicap, as I've said, at Newmarket beating 15 rivals and Torcello a neck off an £8 lower mark. So, yeah, for Alan King, Ross Ryan in the saddle, HMS President, he's a course winner, he's won over the, a similar trip as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll go for an each way on HMS President and a, a small each way at a big price on Torcello in the 225 at Goodwood, the Coral Summer Handicap. Uh, moving on to the 3 o'clock, the Lily Langtree Stakes, a group two over one mile six furlongs over to you Ben for this one yeah again over this one mile six trip uh, this time a group two for Phillies and Mares uh, the Gosdens again they've got one at head of market free wind currently around evens 11 to 10 mark at the time of recording uh, she's got to give weight to her rivals here but still well in at the weights because she's upwards of nine pounds ahead of the rest on official ratings uh, the top rated horse in this has won eight of the last 11 renewals so I can see why she's sitting tight at the head of the market uh, she's been very lightly raced past couple of seasons but returned this season with a good win at York in May in the Middleton Stakes in truth can't really put anyone off her. Uh, don't have any outstanding negatives against her, but there's eight runners entered currently. Three wins price does give us a chance to play something each way at bigger odds. And Tom Ward's Luisa Cassati does catch the eye for me. She is one from one at the track, having won a, a listed contest here in May. Actually beat one of today's rivals, Time Lock, in the second. That came on good to soft, and she does have some solid form uh, over here and in France on ground with varying levels of cut in it so she should handle whatever ground turns up on Saturday uh, and there is some heavy rain forecast for Saturday now she's going past one mile four for the first time in this race but plenty of stamina influences in her pedigree so I don't see the longer trip as an issue in fact it could well be a positive and an advantage so yeah Louise yeah I knew I was going to trip up on our name, Tony. <laughs> you was doing so well. So well. Uh, Luisa Cassate. Each way, each way for me, Tony. What have you got for us? Uh, I was going to put that up, but I was... No, I wasn't. No, uh, but I couldn't say it. Um, yeah, I'm with... Uh, I, I like uh, Time Lock here, uh, 
Ben as an each-way alternative. Uh, I know he's up five to one. Uh, Harry and Roger Charlton is uh, one from seven in Korea. Or she's one from seven in Korea. Uh, hits the frame often and is never beaten far. It's been beaten um, a length off Louisa Cassati, as you you said there at Goodwood um, in May, and then she was beaten three lengths in a Group Three contest, and then beaten three lengths the same at Haydock uh, last time out last month in the Lancashire Oaks, the Group Two Lancashire Oaks, um, and also I can't I can't put anyone off the favourite here. I think uh, winner of three Group Two contests between September twenty. 21 and May this year disappointed behind pile driver in the Hardwick stakes it must be said at uh, Royal Ascot the team will be desperate to put that run behind them uh, rated nine pound higher than nearest rival so I've, I've got one here for free free wind I've got to go for free wind here despite its price at six to five currently uh, the daughter of Galileo and also time locked in each way possibly but reverse forecast I don't know um, both should get a decent pull into the race from the like of River of Stars and Peripatetic but uh, we'll go for uh, Time Lock and Free Wind in the 3 o'clock for me there the Lily Langtree Stakes Group 2 over 1 mile 6 furlongs now to the big one, the Stewards Cup uh, Class 2 over 6 furlongs off at 3.35 at Goodwood, Ben your thoughts on the uh, big field as well on the Stewards Cup yeah, big one, Stewart's Cup. Uh, another big field blast for us to get stuck into. Um, I actually think this could be even trickier than usual this year. Um, there has clearly been a, a track bias on the straight course at Goodwood this week. It's been switching up from day to day as the ground softened and then dried up again. Uh, Friday looks to be a bit of a drying day. Uh, then come Saturday, there are bands of heavy rain forecast. So I, I think it's a bit of a a bit of a guessing game as to what the track is going to do. Now, I would usually look for a, a pace bias in races like this. That's always my go-to approach, unless there's a clear track bias at play. And I think there is one this week, but it just keeps bloody switching up each day with the weather. So I think it may be wise to take the old one from the top, one from the middle, and one from the bottom type of approach. So you kind of have all bases covered. And Tony, that reminds me... Um, we need to get in a look into getting our own top, middle, and bottom on the go. Indeed, indeed. So looking forward to it. Possibly next week. Probably should check the fixture list. But yeah, um, you know, back to uh, the Stewards Cup. Uh, a couple of trends for people to consider. The last ten winners all passed the following: had previously won at least at Class Two level, but not above Group Three level. No more than one previous start at the track. Had two to five starts in the current season and we're returning off a break of between 14 and 75 days. Using those trends and a sprinkling of one or two others, I will be looking at a short list of around Orazio, Apollo 1, Tanmoy, and Mjoldmacher Bielsa. Um, so Orazio, currently clear, head of the market, I think. Yeah, he is. He's the only horse trading at a single-figure price right now. Uh, still very much unexposed after only seven runs. Uh, beaten favourite in the walking on last time out, finishing sixth. Probably a decent enough effort, though. Uh, it was good to firm that day. I think he's a better horse on slower ground than that. His wins so far have come on good or softer. He'll likely appreciate the ground they get come Saturday. Can't really put anyone off Orazio for the Stewards' Cup. But the others on my shortlist, I think they certainly hold strong chances as well. Tan Moy, like Orazio, trained by Charlie Hills, 
he carries a six-pound penalty for his own last time out. The boot corner Planis for the ride, he takes off five pounds. So technically, Panmoy well in on his official mark. Uh, also a dig about, see how climbers have been doing in the race in recent times. Last five seasons, 21 horses have lined up with a three or five pound climber on top. One of them has won, six others have placed. So seven of the 21 are placed horses from the last five renewals have finished in um, four, the top four places in the Stewart's Cup. So that's seven uh, of those winning place horses ridden by a climber. A couple of others also finished fifth or sixth. So climbers have been overperforming in this race in recent times. A little bit of a positive for Tan Moy. Also worth noting that the, the horse himself, over six furlong trips and off breaks of 16 days or more, he's five wins and one place from eight starts. He's actually finished in the first three, seven of those eight starts. So definitely give Tan Moy a shout in this around 16 to one. And then obviously the boy Bielsa. Now I fancied him last time out in the Wokingham Ascot. He actually ran okay. He was only beating two and a half lengths in 10th. With hindsight, Ascot maybe not as absolute ideal track. Possibly isn't quite at his best on good to firm these days. I think he probably wants it a little bit slower than that, which he's going to get on Saturday. And he does have his prime conditions to shoot for. Six furlongs, a break of 31 days or more, a mark of 100 or less on a double-figure field. When he gets those conditions, six wins, two places from 11 starts. He will get those conditions on Saturday. And he gets Ryan Moore in the saddle for the first time. Now, Ryan Moore, he's yet to win the Stewart's Cup in 18 attempts, but gone close a few times, including last year on regional. I think he's a little bit unlucky not to win. Um, I think Bielsa actually gives him a big chance of breaking the Stewart's Cup duck. I actually think uh, Bielsa and Ryan Moore might just be a perfect match for each other. Bit of luck on the draw and trap by his front will be needed obviously uh, we don't really know how the track has decided to play until much closer to the off nothing can do about that so again I think my advice would be play a bit of top middle and bottom cover all your bases and part of my ploy is to back Bielsa and Tan Moy who are where we are Bielsa is in 26 Tan Moy is in stall 8 so one from either side there for me Tony what have you got what were the other ones on your, your list, Ben? My short list was yeah. Horazio, Apollo 1, Tanmoy, and Bielsa. Yeah, just in case like listeners want to um, uh, see, I've got um, uh, Kings Lynn, Badry, and Juan Lepigne on uh, on my uh, short list, but I won't be playing them. I'll be playing uh, like you. Oh, can I just uh, get something off my chest here as well? Go for it. My old, my old pal Summergand ran a blinder last week, finishing fourth of uh, fifteen, beating one and three quarter lengths off a mark of ninety-seven. Now he's been steadily coming down since the start of the season. He started one hundred and eight, uh, then he was beating three lengths at one hundred and seven, uh, beating six lengths. Then he went to one hundred and five. Then he ran at Royal Ascot in the Walkenham. Uh, he was beating five and a quarter lengths off a mark of 103, came down to 100. And I've always said that we need to we need him now at his age of nine to get into the 90s. Um, he was dropped three pounds for that. He ran at Ponty in a pointless race as well at Ponty. At, uh, Ponty and uh, he finished sixth of a seventh. Uh, it never runs well at uh, Ponty, not one of his favourite tracks. He doesn't get that bend at all. And uh, he finished, uh, as I say, beating six and a quarter lengths. 
uh, off a mark of 100. He was dropped another £3 uh, for last week's race in the uh, Skybet Dash over six furlongs, finishing fourth of uh, 15, one and three quarter lengths off a mark of 97. What, what do you think the handicapper did, Ben? Last week. Hmm. Off a mark of 97. What, and he's beaten at one and three quarter lengths. What do you think the handicapper did? I'm going to assume he didn't move him. He's put him up three pound. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, I, yeah, yeah, he should have. He should have been still on ninety-seven. I agree with you, mate. Agree with you. Ninety-seven. He's put him up three pound for finishing fourth of fifteen, beating one and three quarter lengths. Unbelievable. Don't, don't always go through a handicapper's mind. Yeah, a, a nine-year-old as well, obviously. You know, obviously I'm looking through my pocket. I'm talking through my pocket here because I was expecting 97. He'll run in this. He may have had a chance. He's drawn 23. He'll get a good pull into the race from the likes of Bielsa and significantly and Apollo 1. I could finish, but uh, not off a mark of 100 now, I'm afraid. But uh, I think... I, I reckon they'll go... Uh... They must have the air goal cup in their in their sights again. I think Tony. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, and I think that was the plan as well. And I think yeah, finishing I think fourth or fifteen last week under Jason Watson, it, it, and obviously you'd rather have uh, Tudor up on him as well. Danny Tudor up uh, back on him. Uh, nothing wrong with Jason Watson, mind, and Adam Kirby when he rode him at uh, Ascot in the Walkingham, uh, but. Some again needs Dan, Danny Tudor on him and also needs a, a mark in the 90s, but uh, up £3 for finishing fourth of 15. Anyway, that's uh, moving on. Um, uh, Apollo 1, mate. Uh, uh, from the, Yes, I'm, I'm taking one from either side here. Uh, Apollo 1 will race with Bielsa and significantly from stalls 26, 27 and 28. And uh, £4 lower than last winning mark. Has uh, one on soft ground, one over a similar trip. And um, uh, other side of the draw, uh, you've you've said it all actually. You've, uh, for me, uh, thank you very much for Arazio, uh, for trainer Charles Hills. Um, I think he can go very, very well uh, despite him being favourite. I don't like going for favourites. We, we don't like going for favourites, but Arazio's got uh, a good chance from stall six, uh, Charles Hills and uh, Jim Crowley, as long as he doesn't go over the uh, permitted strikes. But enough of that. Uh, enough of that. Yeah. Uh, many thanks for listening. The latest edition of the uh, Racing Pod Blast. Hopefully you've managed to find a few winners at Goodwood and Galway this week. Uh, this is the latest Pod Blast. We'll help you finish uh, the week on a high. And remember, if you're an early riser, you can catch me on Epic Radio. Uh, weekdays between 5am and 7. Then Shed Out Radio, 7am to 9am. And you can catch Ben over on narrowingthefield.co.uk. That's narrowingthefield.co.uk. Until next time, thanks, Ben. Just all right. And a big thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. Cheers now.